Well, hello everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. We got plenty to get to you uh, today. Hello to those who are watching on the video today, and of course to those on the podcast. Uh, we drop most Tuesdays and Thursdays live at 3 o'clock. A quick note, no show this Thursday. Uh, no show this Thursday on October the 13th. So if you're looking for old Scotty on October the 13th, alas, uh, you will not get uh, Scotty on that day. You know, I just noticed something looking at the uh, the video feed. First off, I had the camera set up weird just when I, I started. Uh, yeah, I had it set up wrong. <laughs> so I had to switch it just as we were we were coming on. So that looked awkward. And then second, I've been losing some weight, but I've noticed whenever I'm doing video calls with people or this program, the angle of the camera, I look like I got like I've added weight to my face again, and I've got a uh, a second or third chin. Uh, the uh, the shadowing is not good. Well, I don't necessarily have professional lighting going on around here. Well, nonetheless, I suppose I'll survive. Because when you've got this audible chocolate, you're able to, to cover up an awful lot of things. <laughs> and, and apparently a kind of a, a bloating face is one of those things his voice is going to have to cover up. So we got a lot to get to today. And one thing we'll touch on in just a moment Anyone who's followed this program from the earliest days knows that at this time of the year, I always tackle the one thing, the, the one woke thing that really irritates me. Everyone's, everyone's owed to, to throw out woke as a criticism and woke as a negative terminology towards something. Everyone's owed something. And for me, it is how we handle Christopher Columbus Day and now Indigenous Peoples Day in a lot of areas. And again, a lot of you out there, okay, don't know the history of the day. And I think the day has been changed way too quickly, way too quickly. And people don't know the history of the day. And I just had a conversation last night, Monday night, Columbus Day, for those of us from the Northeast, uh, about what the day is. And my son thought he knew the history and, and all this. And, and Columbus was a, was, a, was, a, was a murderous coward. And, and a lot of that is true. But he doesn't know the history of, of, of why the day was, was there. And, and all. we'll get to that in a moment. Because, yeah, old Scotty's got some, got some, uh, some anti-woke feelings. We'll get to that. But... We start off with a story that came out late last week, and that is uh, something that maybe you'd had a feeling was going on. There is unrest with the Eau Claire County Board of Supervisors. And the first real hint that we got of that was the recent budget passing. And it passed, but typically it passes on a, year, on a near unanimous vote. This year, it passed, but it was about a 55-45 vote. 
And that was quite surprising. And you may say, well, you know, hey, that's not a bad thing. There, there's conflicting opinions and all that. Yeah, but dig, dig deeper into it. A lot of people didn't vote for the budget because they didn't like the process. And they didn't feel as though they knew what was going on. They weren't necessarily even against the budget. They didn't know what was going on. And if they don't know what's going on, you sure as hell don't know what's going on. Because how many of us follow the day-to-day trappings of county government, let alone even our own individual cities, unless there's something that really riles you up? So there is a push for an ethics committee within the Eau Claire County Board, which is not unprecedented in this state or across the country for there to be ethics committees. Sort of a watchdog over everyone that is within that group. Think of it much like in sports when there is a committee that reviews discipline. Same thing here. It's like any other committee. Hey, are people following the rules and all of that? It's, it's, a, it's a second, it's, a, it's another safeguard. Mark Beckfield is leading the charge. That's not a surprise. Mark Beckfield seems to be out in front in a lot of these things, and we know he has been an open critic of many of the higher-ups in this. Not even say higher-ups, because a lot of the board of supervisors, as we'll get to in a moment, Really, it's all an even playing field. It's supposed to be, which is, I think, part of the reason why we're getting this kerfuffle right now. But Mark Beckfield leading the charge, as is Stella Pagonis. And Stella Pagonis at times has gone, has been head-to-head with Mark Beckfield, particularly on that DHS investigation. But they're leading the charge towards an ethics committee. And wanting an ethics committee. And there seems to be an awful lot of support for said ethics committee. Basically, the county board of supervisors, many there, are frustrated that they are having at least a perception of info held back from them. Conversations that aren't being shared with them. Information that's not being shared with them. Revisions that are being made to things that aren't really being shared to them until it comes up for vote. They think it's going to be one thing and then something else shows up in front of them. There's a lot of frustration for that. And it all comes down to Nick Smyre, who, as you know, I've not been a fan of. And again, this is the biggest insult I think I give the people. Nick Smyre could knock on my door today with a name tag and I'd have no idea who he is. But every time I've seen the guy in the local media, I've not been impressed from how... You know, we saw him handle meetings during the pandemic uh, to the whole DHS situation. The whole issue with getting outside legal counsel ahead of the DHS investigation. And it seemed very much from his perspective, he was setting up the county to defend the DHS as opposed to simply seeing what the investigation was going to be and go from there. He was already setting up a defense for them, which we know irritated an awful lot of people. And he seemed to do that kind of on his own. Nick Smyre, who heads up the County Board of Supervisors, but that's a key thing here. Heads it up, but I'll I'll talk about that in a moment. 
people are not happy with the way things have been operating with that county board of supervisors. And I think it's, it's kind of coming to a head right now. Again, Nick Smyre is not, he's not earned a lot of friends. It, it, and overall, it's just the way he's been operating for all these, all these years. And the DHS investigation is a big part of it for a number of people. You, you know, Mark Beckfield's been uh, big into that, of course. There was the call for a while. Nick Smyre ran Mark Beckfield's name through the, the local media mud maybe about a year or so ago when the now the late Sheriff Ron Kramer began from the county uh, sheriff position opening up the investigation, which he was firmly in the right to do, and he'd been kind of encouraged to do it by some supervisors, one of them being Mark Beckfield, and Nick Smyer was not happy with that. But a a lot of the issues go beyond that, from how people felt the budget process was done this year to other decisions that are being made, that they're being kept out of the loop on things until it's time to vote on things. Other things aren't being done. So what they want now is an ethics committee. It's, it's not a call to, to push him out. That's not what it is, at least directly. But it's a, hey, enough of this. We're saying it's not being done the right way. Nick is saying he's doing everything in his power that, he, that he's allowed to do. Let's have a not necessarily neutral third party. But let's have, hey, let's, bring a, let's get a group of us off to the side here to kind of mediate this what an ethics committee does and an ethics committee is also able to you you see it at the federal government level you know they're able to to call out certain members if they're not doing things right if they're not upholding the 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 bylaws or not following procedures of rules all those sort of things things that aren't necessarily illegal but you're able it's you're able to call people out on their bs is what you're able to do. Got to keep this in mind with the County Board of Supervisors and the way it's set up in Eau Claire County and most counties around the area. Nick Smyer is the guy you hear a lot of, and he, 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 he doesn't turn away from newspaper reporters and wants to talk to them. He's in charge, but he doesn't have say, presidential powers. He's not the leader of the county. He is technically the point person, moves meetings along and whatnot, but he's not the guy. Think of Terry Weld at the Eau Claire City Council. He's the president of the city council, but he, he doesn't have necessarily the powers to make bang decisions. He, he's not the president. He's not the mayor. He's nothing like that. We do not have in this county, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, we don't have a, what's called in a lot of areas, an elected county executive where you where people go to the ballots and you, you, you pick your various county representative, but everybody gets to also pick the county executive who is the top person in charge. We don't have that format. I'm not saying we should have that format, but maybe that's another reason why you need this ethics committee. But again, that story came out uh, late last week, so that, that that's that's key to follow uh, in that in that story. And, and 
it, it's another thing, by the way. It's sort of, you know, there was there was a there was a somewhat dormant hornet's nest, and you're kind of raking the leaves, and you yeah you, you kind of jostled it a little bit, and out come a couple of hornets that haven't haven't died yet after the freezes, and that's what we got with that story last week because it does kick up the dust on the DHS investigation, and I think it had a lot of people over the weekend, again, going, what's going on with that? Because awkwardly, it's been going on from the county sheriff's position for a little more than a year, and it's been going on for four years overall. We don't have any information. Nothing has come out at all. And now there's the awkwardness of Sheriff Ron Kramer's passed away. And as it was, he was going to be out of the position in a few weeks. What's going on with that? And every time I keep thinking, all right, let's just move on. The heck with it. The people that probably did anything wrong with that have long since moved on. Who cares? Then this kicks up, and it just infuriates me because clearly... I, I will. We're not going to go down the DHS road again. I've said this since day one, though, on the whole Department of Human Services issue, which was before the pandemic and what have you, and you know, overages on the budget and, and missed monies and mismanagement. And I've always said, all right, at worst, there was criminal activity going on. At best, it was incompetence. You know, honest to God, mistakes were made, but it was incompetence. And that's fireable offenses. Yet you still have the people that are in charge of the DHS that are in charge of the DHS, whereas I've got other people I know they get fired from their jobs if they show if they make a couple of mistakes on the job that I know. That otherwise are liked employees and all that, but hey, you make a mistake. So we'll keep an eye on that. Well, that brings me to the other thing we were going to touch on today. And that is, uh, at the time of this podcast, it's the 11th. Now, I know a lot of people listen to this podcast over the course of a few days. Uh, hello to you as you're going on a morning walk or something. So October 10th this year was, and I'll always say this, Christopher Columbus Day. Now, I'm not going to say I'm always going to call Christopher Columbus Days. I think we can change the name. For most people now, and for a lot of the youngins that are coming up, it's Indigenous Peoples Day. In fact, it officially is Indigenous Peoples Day in the city of Eau Claire since 2017. That was right during the, the, right during the probably the tail end of the very liberal movement by the city council. That was in 2017. And the state of Wisconsin acknowledged it as Indigenous Peoples Day in 2019. I think a couple other states have done that. I believe it was South Dakota maybe was the first one about uh, a decade ago that did it. So it's, it's officially Indigenous Peoples Day. But for people like me that grew up, it's always going to be thought of as Christopher Columbus Day. And it was an actual holiday in most of the Northeast. Schools are not in session still to this day on... Columbus Day. Uh, most businesses are not in operation. Stores hold Christopher Columbus Day sales and that sort of thing. And it also coincides, oddly enough, with uh, 
Canadian Thanksgiving. So you'd stay home from school on Christopher Columbus Day. There was no school, and you'd watch Canadian football. That would uh, that'd be played on television. Usually the Hamilton Tiger Cats had a home game. But there's been this push, and rightfully so, in the last number of years by people to sort of correct people's thoughts on Christopher Columbus. Not change history, but tell everybody what the truth is. You know, Columbus never did find what is the United States. Columbus had a very sketchy background, not necessarily somebody you would view as a hero, somebody you'd want to be behind and have him be your leader. There's a lot of eh, sketchiness about Christopher Columbus. It should go, eh. And I'm not even talking about the rewriting of history we've had in some cases in the last two years. No, Christopher Columbus pretty much was, a, was an a-hole. That's, that's the truth. And yes, came in, you know, all that sort of thing. But before people start automatically going, because of that, we should call it Indigenous Peoples Day. Do you know why we created Christopher Columbus Day? Well, it's to honor the guy who found, uh, founded uh, America. No, absolutely not. First off, he didn't, found, he didn't find this land, and he wasn't around for any sort of settlements that became the United States of America. Nothing like that. It had nothing to do with that. That is not why Christopher Columbus Day was celebrated. Christopher Columbus Day was celebrated, was created, and you can go online and find this. It's you know, NPR, NPR of all things, for, for the woke out there, is where I, I found a great story yesterday, posted it on our Facebook page. Because I want to remi- remind myself, am I correct? And I am. In a nutshell, and you can go read up on it, I've said this story before. Remember, Italians were not a very well-liked segment in this country 100, 125 years ago. Just, just, just was the case, all right? Uh, Italians had a hard time working in. You know, see, history repeats itself with other things, too. Things like pasta and pizza were very ethnic cuisine. And I bet you anecdotally, things like pizza and pasta in this area Western Wisconsin, which you know is not a huge Italian population, I bet things like pizza and pasta were viewed as very ethnic right through the 60s and into the 70s. Think of food nowadays that's maybe viewed as a little bit different and ethnic. All right? One could argue Mexican food in many ways was the same way in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Now a lot more people are used to the flavors, and hey, you know, it's... It's great, but that's my idea. Now, that, that's not my idea. That's what's happened. It's part of it. Well, the idea was a few people that were Italian-American supporters and Italians themselves looking for ways for people to sort of accept Italians into this country looked at, say, a guy like Christopher Columbus and went, all right, all right, we know all this bad stuff here, but there's this... But, you know, he did come over here, there. Let's, let's highlight that. So that group of people went forward and said, hey, you know what? 
You know, you, you want to make fun of Italians or you don't think Italians belong in this country. Hey, look at this Christopher Columbus guy. You're probably not here if not for Christopher Columbus. And then next thing you know, there's a day after, named after him, which in many ways was a de facto way of calling it Italian-American Day. But what ended up happening over years was that Columbus the man was the one who was celebrated. You got schools named after him. That's what was taught in, in school. You and I, when we were growing up, they're talking, they're, they're, there was the song, you know, the, the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria, and all the talk about that, you know, there were songs you'd sing in music class. That's what it became. And the idea of the history of why it's called that day never came out. And lo and behold, about, I'd say, a decade ago, you really started to get this woke wave of, hey, we got to take Columbus off this day, which is correct. But then you had the people say it should be Indigenous Peoples Day, which I am perfectly okay. I am very much an advocate that we should have a day celebrating Native Americans, celebrating the culture, celebrating the history, which I, to this day, don't think we know enough of in this country, and the plight that are facing a number of people, and the life that many still live harshly on certain reservations in this country. But to just come right through with a brush and brush off Columbus Day and brush off why it was created originally is being is is borderline incompetence from our leaders and you're riding a woke wave easy political points or you're just not that smart you're just not that smart because I'm perfectly, I, I can understand if somebody goes, says, yeah, we got to take Columbus off this day, and hey, this, you know. But did you ever think of actually studying why the day was created? Did you ever think of that? So that's always, every year, every time around this time, I always get annoyed by it. Okay, I'm not about to hold protests saying, oh, you know, you know get rid of Indigenous Peoples Day, because no, that's not solving anything at all. But what I like to do is educate people as to why the day was created. Why the day was created, how it got bastardized almost very quickly into just truly for, you know, nobody ever learned the history as to why the day was created. So I'm getting back to my son, by the way. So my son is in sixth grade and rightfully so in the schools. I think they're, they're telling people, and the kids, the true history of Christopher Columbus. And that's great. Yeah, absolutely do that. So I go to my son. And I say, you know what today, today was? You know, he says, oh, it's Christopher, it was Christopher Columbus Day, but my, you know, he was a bad guy. You know, and he said other things too. But he said he was a bad guy. And I said, yeah, you're, you're right. He's not really somebody that should have had a day named after him. But do you know why we called it that day? And then my son looked at me blankly, and I told my son. And then my son, my, he didn't really want to accept the story, sadly. Because he's, you know, I think that's, I think that's something we all fight, by the way. You, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll end it with this. And this is what I get when I talk to a lot of people about 
the whole Columbus Day thing and Indigenous Peoples Day is that people felt a lot of growth. Like, hey, you know, I thought it was Columbus Day. It should have been Columbus. Oh, but yeah, he's a, he's a jerk. So people have accepted the, the, the notion he was a jerk and they've now accepted this Indigenous Peoples Day. And when you try to go in to say, well, hey, you know, you're right to remove the name Columbus Day, but did you, ever, did you ever know exactly why we celebrated it to begin with? And then when you tell people that, I get a lot of looks from people that pretty much go like, yeah, you may be right, but I don't want to change again. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you're probably right, but I don't want to change again. So learn history, learn history. I'm not saying we should call the day Italian-American day or anything like that, all right? As an Italian-American myself, I, you know, we, we, we celebrate every single day, okay? Funerals are looked forward to in, 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 in our culture. It's, a, it's, an, it's an excuse to eat. Um, but learn history. Learn history, everybody. Uh, just enough time to touch on this. There were sheriff forums at the community table on Monday. Uh, don't forget big sheriff races in both Chippewa and Oak Park County. Chris Kowalchuk versus Travis Hatke in Chippewa. Uh, Chris Kowalchuk, his brother Jim, is the outgoing sheriff. And in Eau Claire, remember the late Ron Kramer was not running anyway. You've got Dave Restall versus Don Henning. Uh Kowalchuk and Restall are the Democrats. Hadkey and Henning are the Republicans. Now, I don't recall sheriff positions being so political in the past. Not until COVID, when you started to see more sheriffs on national television and they're coming out saying, I'm not going to enforce or I am going to enforce. And you're seeing it more now, too, in other states with issues and I'm going to enforce this. No, I'm not, and I'm not going to enforce that. And but maybe it's always been that way, and I it just wasn't a focal point for me. The idea that sheriffs do or don't enforce rules at their own discretion is a little worrisome for me. Very much is, you know, very very much is. I you heard that a lot during the pandemic. Um, personally for me, when it comes to a sheriff's position, uh, do everything you can to make sure that I'm safe and our community is safe. That's, that's my biggest, that's my biggest, uh, concern out of the whole thing. Uh, legalizing marijuana was brought up last night. I think if I read that correctly, I think Travis Hadkey was the only one that was maybe, more than 50% open to having it be legalized. The rest were very, I don't want to say completely anti it, but definitely lean towards no. Uh, it splits political lines. Dems or Rebs depends on the individual person when it comes to legalizing marijuana. Get ready for that debate more and more. There's been some non-binding uh, referendums in cities and states, and we know in Eau Claire, I think they pretty much depenalized it. You can't decriminalize it, but they depenalized it in Eau Claire. Uh, there are some legitimate concerns with legalizing marijuana. Uh, one thing that, it, but these are all 
sort of logistical things. We obviously have an issue with DWI and OWI and all of that. You know, I keep always wanting to call it DWI, but I know it's OWI. Well, if you've got legalized marijuana, the thought being, hey, not only are you on the lookout for drunk drivers, but you're, the potential of there being more people driving under the influence of the wacky tobacco. That's one I would need to see. I would need to see stories from other uh, states that have legalized marijuana. We now have much more empirical data than they had five, six years ago. There's more states, there's more communities. So before we start really diving into the legalizing marijuana debate, uh, and even uh, I'd want to see what the what the what the data is. What is the data? Because the the numbers will not lie on that. Uh, what are some of the uh, theories, the thesis people had, and have they played out? What's been validated? What's been surprising to people in other parts? Uh, other parts. It's no different than uh, sports gambling. Okay. Uh, eventually, that debate's going to come to Wisconsin. Uh, what issues have there been in other states? What issues have not popped up that? People that are completely anti something will throw out there. Oh, I have sports gambling. No, next thing you know, uh, next next thing you know, people will start. They'll start fixing Division Three basketball games. Like, ah, that's been happening. You know, you talk about legalizing marijuana. And I'm not a marijuana smoker, but you've got people that are no doubt going. Oh, you, you, you're going to break down the family. Well, there's a lot of things that break down the family. For heaven's sakes. All right, no show on Thursday. Back with you next uh, Tuesday. And the reason we don't have a show on Thursday, we've got so many shows this month that uh, I want to make sure that all of our shows, and we've got a bunch of new shows coming on board. I want to make sure they're all getting uh, top billing. Uh, you know, So we've got plenty of shows that are coming your way uh, here at Old Queer Hometown Media uh, that uh, you don't need Talk of the Town for the next week. So we're back with you next uh, Tuesday. I believe it'll be a recorded edition next Tuesday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.